You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand by. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. What's going on, everybody? This is Chris from Inc. 180. This is the Think 180 podcast, joined as always by my friend Kyle Craning. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Because without Kyle, I couldn't do any of this, because I can barely plug in a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, everybody? I hope you're having a great week. Of course, that's Queen. I almost feel bad, like, fading that out. We should have just played the whole thing, but so good, man. I love, love me some Freddie Mercury. I don't want to pay the probably cheese. I don't know, somewhere between twenty to $50,000. For the full copyright yeah, for the yeah. song. We might get sued a lot. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. not. Is that the deal? If you play the whole song, you have to pay for it? Mm. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That's good to know. See, mm. another reason why I shouldn't be doing yeah. anything Just on my own. A ever. little tangent, but like, so like in Marvel, like in Thor Ragnarok, when they had the Immigrant song, Led yeah. Zeppelin, yeah. that was the most expensive part of that movie. Really? Outside of the actor, like outside of the salaries and stuff. You know, Robert and Jimmy got to get their money. <sighs> Man. Rehabs are expensive. (laughs) Anyway, hope you guys are having a a great, great day wherever you're at, wherever you're listening. Uh, A lot of things going on here at Inc. 180. Just feels really good to be back. So many good things going on that I want to update you on. So today's kind of, kind of be an update on a lot of things. But uh, one of my favorite things I wanted to update was we've been adding a lot of handprints to that Freedom Tree and uh, removing, covering tattoos for sex trafficking survivors in the last two weeks and that's always my favorite thing to do here anytime we get to to help them out and I started some big cover-ups and we'll be finishing those out this week for uh, sex trafficking survivors and I did a really cool self-harm cover-up last night they had a great conversation and uh, it feels so good to be back to work full-time doing what I'm supposed to do um, you know, ministry wise after this whole health thing that's gone on the last, feels like the last eight years, but it's been eight months, but, uh, I'll give an update on that, but things are going great. I uh, wanted to share a cool story that happened here the last week. I was doing a tattoo removal. I met this guy. Um, there's an event that we go to every year called motorcycle Sunday, uh, with our friends at the warehouse church in Aurora, Illinois. And, uh, the warehouse church is an awesome spot. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite churches and, you know, there's a bunch of bikers and, you know, Randy and, and Dave, the Rev Miller, they're the, the ministers, the pastors there and they're bikers. And it, it's super cool, man. Awesome. I love it. Great people, super welcoming. And they do this event called motorcycle Sunday every May. And, um, basically it's every person you can imagine on a motorcycle comes through from like the weekend warrior, you know, lawyer that has a motorcycle to all the way across the spectrum to like the, the outlaws and right. even some hell's angels sometimes. So 
but it's really cool because everybody gets along. It's a great day. There's a you know bike blessing, whole deal. Great bands. Joker's rival plays it every year. Just good stuff. So we love anytime we get to partner with them. But I met David at that event, and uh, he had a pretty rough past. You know, did his time and and uh, got clean, got sober, and he had some some old gang tattoos on his side of his neck on the right side of his neck and he came in here last saturday and sat down we talked for a bit and i started lightening that tattoo up so i could do a cover-up for him but as i'm doing this removal right under his earlobe on his neck he has this scar and i'll show you a picture of it here in a little bit but i asked him like what what's the scar yeah okay. he's, he's like oh man i got shot what? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, that's the exit wound. Whoa. I'm like, dude, where's the entry wound? He points to the other side of his neck, what? on the left side of his neck, just under his ear. He got shot with a nine millimeter. It went through his neck, hit his C2, and jacked it all up. You know, Whoa. broke it up. It didn't damage his spinal cord <sighs> at all. Wow. And the bullet came out the other side. I'm like, that's crazy, man. Oh man. I'm like, dude, if you if you didn't believe in God before then, <laughs> right. he's like, no, that seriously. He's like, I did, but he's like, somebody was definitely watching out no, for me that day. And I was like, kidding. man. So I had a blast just sitting, you know, and you know, David's older than me. Um, he's probably got he's probably in his sixties, I guess. Okay. And, uh, considerably older than you. Then. Well, I mean, I just turned 40. I'm, <laughs> I'm old too, but you know, whatever. Uh, good dude. Just like cool stories. And he does, uh, he, he does, um, body work and stuff. So he's going to oh. work on my 62 for me. And there you go. Yeah. He's going to work on the rust and going to do the paint job on the 62. Oh man. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait to get that girl painted. It's, it's crazy how you like come across people like that god though. does that man i i you know people say it all the time like god puts people in your path and it's true like totally. whether you know whether you're helping them or they're helping you or you're just working together on stuff it's it's cool to see that happen and you know i've been blessed to have that happen a lot in my life for sure um you know there's a, there's some things i'm good at and there's some things i'm just not good at and computers. there are people oh, dude computers <laughs> i wouldn't be doing this podcast if you hadn't come along and said hey let's do this podcast cuz yeah my my answer to a computer problem is shut it down and turn it back on <laughs> <laughs> and if that still doesn't work throw it out the window so throw bad. it across the oh, room oh no just go buy a new one <laughs> yeah the hell with it That's throw awesome. it out you know, i'll i'll do a uh, office space and bust out so the baseball bad, bats bad. and play some ghetto boys behind it and that's awesome yeah you know, i've done it before i've seen me do it i'll do it again <laughs> printers are my favorite victims oh, totally. you know, computer print these things we just had to buy a new one for the shop mm -hmm. and it was like 580 bucks nice printer yeah. but they have a shelf i swear they have something built into them like a self-destruct after two years they just go dead and you can't yeah. fix them but yeah, no, computers are not my friend, you know. So thank God you are. Um, so let's talk about some high profile sex trafficking stuff, some updates on that. So we'll start with, with Epstein. God, I'd love to have five minutes alone in a, you know, locked room with this guy. Yep. Just five minutes. Well, the names are starting to come out. You know, of course, everybody talked about Clinton and Trump knowing this guy, being friends with this guy. Um, there's now Prince Andrew, I heard, from England. 
there's like pictures of them together at a party. So there's going to be a bunch of things come out, but the, the best thing about his case right now is that the judge was very smart and denied his bail. Cause of course the guy's a flight risk. Right. I mean, he owns airplanes, right? He doesn't just have the money to fly out of the country. He owns his own planes and he knows people and he knows Clearly. everybody. Yeah. And you know, I, so I've been posting a lot of information about him and the whole R Kelly thing. We'll talk about that fool here in a minute. Um, and the, the, here's the thing that's interesting, right? So I, I get very angry about this stuff, obviously. Um, it's sickening. It makes just absolutely makes me sick to my stomach to read these stories, but it's important to get the information out there. The crazy thing is I'll post them and I'll be like, okay, now I'm posting this, but please refrain from vulgar language right. and like describing what you would want the largest inmate in jail to do to this man. That's hard. To and it doesn't yourself. matter, dude, people still do it. And I have to like hide cause we have, you know, we have kids that yeah. read our page and, right. and stuff like that. And kids read our page for like research papers and stuff for school. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's not talk about how bad we want this guy to meet the same fate that he did. Right. <laughs> or yeah. worse, you know? Right. Um, but I can't say I don't necessarily feel that way. Cause I would mad. Like I said, I'd love five minutes in a locked room mm. with this guy. hundred percent. It, it would not go down. Well, he wouldn't go to court. I mean, <laughs> he wouldn't need to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, the thing is it's good that the, these stories are out there now because it is getting a lot of uh, visibility to the whole problem of sex trafficking that of course we've been talking about and fighting against for eight years. Um, so if any good comes out of it, people are being educated. Um, but yeah, no bail for Epstein found in his jail cell with a neck injury. It, they said it appeared that he tried to hang himself. Um, I don't know. So we'll see that. I'm sure that'll you know be developing. We're going to be talking about this, this story and R Kelly's story on this podcast until they're completed and they're rotting in jail cells, See, prison cells. Like the whole neck injury thing. Like you can't tell me that wasn't premeditated between oh, yeah. him and his lawyers. Yeah, totally. Well, he did it. I think he did it to get transferred out of the jail to the hospital, which is exactly where he's at now. Right. And um, so he can't be attacked. Mm -hmm. I, I can't believe, I don't know, it hasn't gotten out, but I, I can't see how he hasn't been jumped in prison yet or in jail he's right. not, obviously he's not in prison yet he's in jail um that he hasn't been attacked because the one thing i know for all the jails and all the prisons that i've been in the worst thing to be in there is a child molester mm -hmm. and they they have a way of of uh bringing out their own methods of street justice which yep. i'll leave that up to the individual listener for their views on that mm -hmm. but I, you know, I grew up in the hood, so right. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm a I'm a changed person, and I'm not that person anymore. But I I still know where that person lives. <laughs> sometimes, you know, stuff like this makes me think about that. But I'm glad he got no bail. He has to face it. He has to face what he did. And a lot of people are saying, oh, he's gonna um, he's gonna rat on a bunch of people to try and get a lesser sentence. This dude's not getting a lesser sentence. This judge is going to make a name for themselves by putting this guy away. I and hope he, so. He'll be locked up for the rest of his life, whether that's 45 or 50 years is mm -hmm. what they're projecting. 
the guy's in his at least his sixties, right? Right. So that's his his life. He won't get out. I mean, if he gets any like, so the kid who uh, drove his car into the crowd of uh, protesters mm-hmm. against you know in Charlottesville, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he got four life sentences. Yeah. So if he gets anything less than that, I mean, I would be I'd be disappointed. One of the most common things that people say in comments on my page with stuff like this is, um, oh, you know, these sentences are so light a lot of times. And a lot of times they are, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as years go compared to the damage that they've inflicted on their victims. Um, But make no mistake about it. Their existence in the prison system is not a pleasant one. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they will not make it out. And, that's just the reality of the situation. Right. You know? So, yeah, he won't see the light of day after this. I would be shocked. And um, if he does, maybe I will get my five minutes in a locked room with him. Who knows? <laughs> so the other uh, the other big story, of course, I've mentioned before, R. Kelly. And I just, yeah, it's, it's such a mess because we've known for years that this guy is a predator. He married Aaliyah when he when she was like fifteen. There's videos. There's all this stuff. Um, this guy is a just a habitual sexual criminal, mm-hmm. and he's also been denied bond. So he's in Cook County Jail right now with you know all of Chicago's finest. Um, and same thing. It's a rough crowd in there, man. Well, yeah, and they just, I guess they transferred him this week to New York City to face charges as well, but then they're bringing him back to Chicago to Cook County because Tom Dart was like, no, no, we want him here. Um, Tom Dart's the the sheriff of Cook County, if you didn't know that. Amazing man. Uh, One of my favorite Chicago folks. Does a lot of good work to fight sex trafficking. And uh, I think he wants to be very close to the situation. (laughs) But R. Kelly, same deal. He should not come out of prison for the rest of his life. And I don't think he will. I think this is kind of like the, the final nail in his coffin, you know, I hope so. Kind of like OJ, you know, you beat the rap once you need to change your life and get straight. No, you're going to go be stupid, continue to be stupid and get thrown in in prison. So he's a mess. There's a lot of things coming out. I, you know, a good friend of mine dated his manager who was also recently indicted and, She's told me all kinds of stuff over the years, and we're actually going to have a phone call here this weekend to kind of get get an update and, and talk. But, um, yeah, so it's not just R. Kelly going down. It's the enablers, too, which is good to see. Right. Because this dude can't even read. What? R. Kelly is illiterate. He cannot read. And that doesn't have anything to do with why he did what he did. Right. But, basically, it's an example of a guy from the hood that made a whole bunch of money and, you know, hangers on enabled his behavior for a long time. And now the money's running out and he's going to be all alone in prison for the rest of his life. And I say, good mm-hmm. rot dude, you know, hundred percent. you know, a lot of people get mad when I say that a lot of Christians get mad. When I, oh, he can change. Yes, he can in prison. Yeah. They have, they have church in prison. I know because I go in there and I speak in prisons all the time. Mm-hmm. And I pray that those men and women find God. But that doesn't mean that he should be let out. Right. The guy's a predator. Right. And if it was any 
of those people's kids that he was doing this stuff with, you can damn sure bet they wouldn't be like, oh, he can change. He can change. Right. Yeah. So anyway, enough of that <laughs> craziness. I mean, you had to mention the juice. I, that well, too, you man. know, double down. You know why? Because I was listening. Um, I was listening to Howard Stern interview Ron Goldman's sister. Okay, yeah. and I just got more pissed off about that whole thing. I lived in L.A. when that trial was going on. That was such a joke. The way that was handled. People still remember that day when where they were when the oh yeah when the verdict was read. Yeah, I was at work in the lunchroom, and there was just like dead silence. Couldn't <laughs> believe it. But now he's loose on Twitter, man. Yeah, I mean, the only other stupid court case that comes to that was the whole Rodney King thing that led yeah. to the L.A. riots, which led to me leaving L.A. Uh, for a week and a half <laughs> to stay alive. Right. But, uh, yeah, crazy madness. But um, hopefully justice gets served. I know that sometimes the justice system is a, a t- not sometimes, a lot of times, justice system is a mess. And I hope that they don't find loopholes to get through this stuff. So praying that justice gets served. All right. So this is going to be a kind of a touchy subject for some people. But I can't stand these church conferences. <laughs> now, it's not like I'm not talking about like sex trafficking conferences. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when a denomination holds their annual conference to come together and vote on uh, topics that are important to the church and how they're going to address certain things. And um, I, I won't say what denomination, cause I don't do that, but um, a denomination that I had been associated with in the past just had their annual conferences. So I watched it all unfold on Facebook posts. Oh, wow. And oh my God, man, it's like the biggest cheer fest for these pastors and their people. And and uh, I read one of the things that they voted on was what to do if gay or transgender people showed up in their church. And they spent a day discussing this and they voted that they would welcome them. And pray for them. I'm like, what the, what the, huh? Like, what? Like, you spent a whole day and that's what you came out with? Like, that you would just welcome people? Like, aren't you just supposed to welcome people anyway? Like, do you like, my whole thing is like, there's a lot of things in the world that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I love everybody. Like, I love everybody the same. Like, I don't care. I don't care if, you know, any, what your background is, what your life is, like, what, that's not my job, man. And the fact that these church denominations hold these, like, three or four day conferences and bring people in to, like, vote for and rally for these different, they're like, they're like uh, friggin' lobbyists for mm-hmm. different things, right? Oh, yeah. I'm like, you, that really garnered like a whole day of conversation that you're supposed to welcome people into your church. And then we'll so pray for them. Is it like pray the gay away? No, pray for them, I don't think it, it like... was that. I don't think it was that. I think it was more that they would be accepted by people in the church. Okay. Because this particular denomination is is pretty progressive, I would say. Um, 
in that their stance with like gay marriage and, okay. and stuff like that and like women being pastors they're you know that's not an issue in this denomination mm-hmm. and like some other denominations baptists uh <laughs> um but it's like that's your biggest concern right that's your biggest issue in the facing the church mm-hmm. is how you welcome people that are gay or transgender or right you know how about how do we identify these? Because I'm sure that had to have come up too during discussion, right? Oh, you know it. There's it's probably like, there's probably like a pocket it? guide to <laughs> identifying. It's like in the style of like an airport or not airport, but like an airplane right. instructional booklet thing. Right. Like they have in this back of the seats for safety. Yeah, it's I don't, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, I don't get like, it. You, you, like number one, like what business is it of anyone's in a church what their sexual preference or history is or any of that? Yeah. It's no one's business but that person's. No. It's so lame, dude. But here here's one thing I do know about church conferences. They're also kind of a hotbed for sex trafficking and stings. We see it happen. Not this particular case um, that I was talking right. about. But, but I read dang. stories all the time about you know, there's, oh, there's a conference for youth pastors or a church denominations conference. And, oh, there was a sting operation and 27 people were arrested for buying sex. I'm like, right. hmm, you know, and 19 of them were pastors. <laughs> so it's like, it's a mess, which leads me to my next topic. I'm really excited about, uh, we've been talking about doing these for a couple of years. And what I'm talking about is doing like a men's conference men's Mm -hmm. breakfast thing to talk about things like pornography sex trafficking marriage um and we have taken that idea to a lot of churches i have a young man that i respect a lot his name is grant riel moeller and we had him on the podcast like one of the earlier ones yeah great young guy early 20s um the short version of his story is that when he was in high school he came to the conclusion that he was addicted to pornography and went to his parents and his church and stuff and, and got help and Mm -hmm. dealt with it and fought it. And Grant came to me with the idea of, Hey, we should do like a men's breakfast or a conference or something like a half day or a full day thing, um, at local churches where we talk about this stuff and like you talk about what you do with the sex trafficking, you know, fight and all that. And I talk about the porn addiction stuff because churches don't want to talk about it. Right. And I mean, how many pastors, how many high profile pastors have we heard about recently where there's sexual misconduct stuff going on, right? Totally. So that was pre- that was made really clear when churches would say, "Oh, well, let me talk to my people and we'll get back to you kind of thing." Total brush off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the biggest dirty secrets in the church is pornography addiction and um, sex addiction and sex trafficking and churches just don't want to talk about it well i was at my church alpine chapel up in lake zurich um love to see you come visit if you'd like to um i was talking to my pastor dave mudd about that a couple weeks ago and i'm like dude it's so frustrating man i'm trying to get these churches to do this and nobody wants to and this is why we need to and he's like when you want to do it i'm like I don't know, like whenever I'll do it whenever he's like, how about in September? I'm like, yep. He's like, all right, cool. Set it up. So my church is all about it. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's get it going. Dude, that has to be so crazy to experience 
it just be like, yep, no problem. After yeah. being like, uh, let us get back to yeah, you. Yeah, well, let my people call your people. Right. I don't have people. Like, my people are me, so call me. <laughs> but no, Dave was like, yeah, man, let's do it. It makes perfect sense to me. Let's We'll do a men's breakfast thing, and yep. we'll come in, we'll do it, and it'll be great. And do Q&A and all this stuff. I'm like, this is how it should be. Right. Like, this is a church that's like not afraid to pull back the the curtain and you know unveil the ugly truth of what it's like to be a man right now and or what it's like to be you know all along so i'll have the date coming up for that we're finalizing all that with uh with grant and talking about that setting it up it is gonna be killer and i might um record it and make it available online okay because so many pastors are afraid to let us come into their church and do it. I want to make it available for people to just watch for yeah. free. So we're uh, we're trying to figure that all out and how that might work. But super excited about that. So in the next couple of weeks, we'll have the dates solidified and we'll put that out there. We'll put it on all of our social media platforms as well. Um, and then we're getting back into doing the social media safety classes. You know, we took a little bit of a break now with summer kind of, man, I don't want to say summer coming to a close, but it, Kind of, it's around the corner. I mean, kids start school in a few weeks. Yeah, you know, every every year, man. I mean, I know it's every month. More and more kids are getting involved in social media, and yeah, then there's more and more apps. You know, terrible. Not you know, they're not the big name apps, but there's other apps that help them get around other oh, things yeah. and get them around security and all this other stuff. And it's just, it's terribly frightening. Yeah, there. I mean, there's new ones every day. It's hard to keep up with them, but we, do, you know, do the best we can, and we work with our federal law enforcement partners. We get heads up on a lot of things that are coming down. Um, but yeah, you know, we need to have those conversations with our kids at home, and that's really what it's all about. That's what these classes are. It's not a be all end all solution to social media safety because you couldn't do that. Right. There's too many apps to talk about. What it's really about is making you aware of some of the issues out there, some of the apps that are most used by traffickers and and uh, gangs and whatever, to lure your kids away from you, and um, but really to to start the conversation, the ongoing conversation about social media and what your kids are seeing and mm -hmm. being sent. So yeah, we're excited to get those coming back, and we'll be doing doing one of those at Alpine too, because Dave was super excited about doing that for the youth group. Um, <laughs> we have a new mayor. We talked about this a couple, couple yeah. times ago, but she had kind of a, a slip up this week. <laughs> Our mayors have kind of a history of doing dumb stuff with open microphones, which is pretty funny. I wish they'd just leave them open all the time so we could hear what they really think. But Lori Lightfoot was at uh, the city council meeting and the guy that I, I don't know his name, uh, the Vice President of the Chicago Fraternal Order Police, Police yeah. was coming up to talk on the microphone about a couple of officers that were fired for misconduct, rightfully so. And she said something to the effect of, oh, this is this FOP clown coming back again. I can't stand this dude. <laughs> I was like, dang. She put it, she just straight put it out there, like, whatever. And she came out like the next day with this like backhanded, unapolog not a not really an apology, but more of a statement of like, right. well, I shouldn't have said it on the microphone, right? Kind of thing. Um, there's 
I don't know. I mean, whatever. I love cops, but the the FOP in Chicago has got a history of defending the few that are not good cops mm-hmm. um, because that's what they're paid to do. And I, yeah, whatever. I'll just, I guess I'll leave that at that. Right. I know a lot of cops that wish there wasn't an FOP <laughs> in Chicago because they they do more harm sometimes than good, but. It was kind of, it, I thought it was funny. I laughed at it when she said it because this guy's kind of been a thorn in her side already. And she just started like, yeah, okay. I could see this one heating up a little bit, but I'm going on. Um, I got an email yesterday. Um, Steve Cochran on WGN mm-hmm. invited me to be on mm-hmm. Thursday morning this week. And that's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that'll be cool. So basically when I'm on there, I'm going to call out Lori Lightfoot and tell her to call me because I, have a bridge between her cops and her community that I think she should listen to. That's awesome. Unlike Rahm Emanuel. So, (laughs) well, it was like, I went in there and I met with Rahm Emanuel. It was a few years ago now. I said, look, I don't want anything from you. I don't want any money from you. Mm -hmm. All I want to do is put stacks of my business cards in every cop car in Chicago so that when they pull somebody over and they have a teardrop tattoo or a crown over their eye or whatever the tattoo is, that they're trained to identify as yep. gang markings. They know them. And that person says, oh, man, I'm not in that life anymore. Say, good, here's a business card. Give this guy a call. He'll remove that for you for free. Yeah. That's all. Right. I want to put – and I'll buy the cards. Like, right. I already have them. Right. It's no financial gain to you either. No. No, it's going to cost me more money. Right. The, but I want to do it. Like, right. But my whole thing is, like, let's get rid of these damn tattoos mm. so you can live your life and move forward. And, of course, I know, you know, a lot of the people that tell those cops, oh, I don't do that anymore, they're full of it, right? Right. But some of them are 100% real, and they're like, dude, I, I'm tired of getting asked about this tattoo. I haven't been in this gang since I was 17, and I'm 40 <laughs> now, you know? Right. Um, and help them get jobs and all this other stuff that goes along with removing face tattoos or hand tattoos, whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Rahm Emanuel, when I met with him, he's like, Oh, Chris, this is great. I love this idea. And it's fantastic. Of course you love it. It's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. Right. Um, but then I couldn't get a hold of him. He wouldn't return my calls. Wouldn't, wouldn't email me back. I sent, I sent snail mail even like Uh, I was ready to send carrier pigeons to city hall (laughs) and I got met with crickets. I'm like crazy. So Lori Lightfoot, here's a perfect way for you to extend a bridge to your community that think that you hate them and they think that the cops hate them. It'd be a cool thing to be able to do this. So when I'm on with Steve on Thursday morning, I'm going to bring it up be like, Hey, message to Lori Lightfoot. Call me. Here's my number. I want to help you right. make an impact in the gang fight in Chicago. And we'll see what happens. Right. You know, I don't know. I can't wait. Will she call me? I don't know. I hope so. Place your bets. You know, I'll lean towards that she'll reach out to you, hopefully. I, I think I, she will. I think she, I have a good feeling about that. Maybe it's because she's new. We don't know her all that well, but she yep. seems like she has a better head on her shoulders than Rom did. Yeah, she doesn't take any crap, man. I like that. She's tough. Yeah. Rom acted like that, but he was a punk. <laughs> right. So I hope you listen to this, Rom. I hope somebody, you know, if you know Rahm Emanuel, share this with him because he needs to hear it. Because he's, he told me on multiple occasions 
all these different things that he was going to do to partner and, and none of them involved financially supporting our ministry. Cause I never asked for that. Um, but if you know, Rom, have him listen to this and then you have him give me a call. Cause I would love to talk to him. I, I don't have any ill will against the dude. He did a lot of good things, but he didn't do anything that I had kind of come to him with. Not that I know everything. Cause if I knew everything, I, I don't know, I would be, doing something much different but i don't know i was just really upset that he had an opportunity that would i don't understand it you go to a politician and say hey i want to do this it's going to extend an olive branch to the community that thinks hey you hate them and it doesn't cost you a thing right. doesn't cost you any time money resources nothing right and you don't want to do it that's so like, crazy, man. I was like, dude, I'll go to every police precinct and do the talks in roll call. Like, I'll do that on my own money, my own time. I don't, you don't need to show up. I don't need anything. Right. All I need you to do is send your all your commanders a, a memo and say, hey, Chris Baker from Inc. 180 is going to reach out to you. You know, here's why, and let's do this. Right. Couldn't even do that. So I, I'm speechless, man. I have, what, I have no idea why. That's what happens when you have a stubby finger, man, because you <laughs> chopped it off in woodshop class or whatever. <laughs> Maybe that's where his brain was, but man, what a, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Um, so, yeah, I talked to, I guess I mentioned it a little bit before, like when we started, but people ask all the time, like, how I'm doing. And yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing, I'm feeling really good. Um, I still have this open wound on my back of my leg, back of my thigh, that's healing up from the surgery. It was I think it was like nine weeks ago now. And it's almost closed up. It's like in that final stage. Right. Uh, yeah, dude, finally, man. Um, gosh, man, it's like a saga. And um, But I'm back in the gym. I'm working out uh, six days a week. I've dropped almost 20 pounds so far. So feeling good. I want to, I mean, like, Last year, before I got sick, I was down like 80 pounds. I was mm -hmm. feeling great. I looked good and was healthy. And, you know, a lot of the ailments that have plagued me for a long time, like my, I don't have cartilage in my knees, so I had extreme knee pain and all that. Um, I'm doing isogenics, so eating healthy and all that good stuff. And, yeah, down 20 pounds, feel good. The wound looks great. It's probably a couple more weeks it'll be all healed up. We won't have to do dressing changes anymore, Man. which my wife will love to not have to do anymore. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm stoked. I feel great. This is the best I've felt in over a year. Uh, my blood pressure is good. Everything's good. So, you know, thanks to everybody who reaches out and asks and sends prayers and all that good stuff. But uh, I'm doing great. So good to be back to work full time. I'm being careful with how I work. I'm taking breaks in between tattoos now and stuff that I never did before. I'm taking little walks and just stretching and all that good stuff. So I am good. I'm healthy. Um, probably a couple more weeks. We won't have to talk about this anymore. And that'll be a good thing. <laughs> so, but, uh, and then people will just be asking me how I'm losing all this weight and I'll tell them isogenics and I'll tell them how I can sell it to them. Because I think I'm going to start selling it to help oh, yeah. to help fund the ministry, yeah. Um, but yeah, enough of that. Uh, you guys know, I mean, I talk about Brian all the time, but Corn is on tour, Brian Welch, and uh, excited about that. 
they're um, they're actually going to be in Chicago at Tinley Park at the I don't know what do they call it now the uh, Hollywood Casino Amphitheater in yeah. Tinley Park. Mm-hmm. It changes names like every two years, so <laughs> it's hard real. to keep up. It's like the Sears Tower, which will always be, be the Sears, Sears Tower. Tower. Uh, but anyway, they're they're playing in in uh, Tinley Park Wednesday, August twenty first. If you want to i mean we got and we pray with people every after all the shows that we go to and brian does that every day on tour it's just an amazing awesome thing um we love that and we love it when people come to the shows if they want to meet up and come out and pray with us with with brian and whoever else is with us sometimes fieldy comes out too and prays with people they share a bit of their story and what's going on in their lives but uh yeah, if you can't, if you don't think that Jesus can use heavy metal to to share his word and his work, you're wrong. Come out and see Corn with and uh, shoot me a message. I'll tell you exactly where we're gonna be. Give you my cell number. We'll we'll meet everybody and go out and do some cool stuff. I just talked, I think, last episode about Robin and her tattoo, and um, we met her at Chicago Open Air two years ago me and Robbie Dawkins and Brian prayed with her and Mm -hmm. she's had some amazing things happen in her life. She's cancer free. She's doing fantastic. She's actually getting baptized on Sunday. Um, so a lot of cool things happen. Uh, and it's fun to follow up with folks afterwards too, and hear like how their lives different. Um, but yeah, a lot of cool stuff, you know, be listening for that update on the men's breakfast and the social media safety classes, probably here in the next uh, podcast when we record. But go out there, do some great work, be a blessing to people in your community, your day-to-day, and and just bring somebody up. God bless you guys. Have a great week. You see, we're on a mission from God. Drums, please. Let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back cause it's the summertime.